Are you an athletic director or coach looking to make your locker room pop, looking to refresh your look, looking to redo your brand? Well, check out SI Design and Printing. They're going to transform your sports organization athletic facilities into what you're looking for by enhancing the student-athlete experience, boasting the brand, and honoring your past. They do that with banners, backlit signage, locker graphics, window graphics, fence mesh graphic designs, and so much more. If you need a refresh, SI Design is going to help you do that. Check them out online, sidesign.net. And hey, if you're a parent or a grandparent, they've got something for you as well, as SI Design is the leading provider of custom sports prints. They offer a variety of products, including posters, banners, canvases, and more. All you have to do is upload your high-quality studio or action shot, and SI Design will create the memory for you. For more information, all you have to do is go to their website, sidesign.net forward slash sports prints, and you'll get all the information that you need. You can also find them on Facebook. Just type in SI Design and Printing. Give them a call, 254-405-9492, or you can email them, info at sidesign.net, and tell Kyle that Sideline to Sideline sent we hit week 10. Two more weeks left in the 2A season. Big games last week that we're about to talk about. Big games this week that we're about to preview. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett, Grant Goodwin here. Sideline to sideline. The Class 2A edition right here on L4 Media. Brought to you by uh, Sideline sideline SI Design and Printing. Man, it's been a long week for me. First off, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Doing well, man. Week 10, we're getting closer to the playoffs. Feels like football weather, finally. It, it does. The rain will have probably be in rain on friday yeah we'll probably be in rain on friday we're gonna be at a 4a game in the deep east texas uh it's actually gonna be cold this halloween it looks like i don't remember the last time it was actually cold uh but we're gonna be talking to a football in this show as we do each and every week this is uh i mean we're, we're at that point now and it's so funny like two weeks ago you know you and i are trying to pull games for previewing and stuff and we're like man there's just not a lot of good games Mm -hmm. The 2A gods were great to these districts this year because it feels like week 10 and week 11 and last week to an extent, there are some, you know, region defining games happening. Yeah, there are. There are. And uh, yeah, I mean, the the seating is on the line, you know, so yeah. Yeah. But man, this this last week was great. Yeah. And, and speaking of East Texas, let's start in Northeast Texas. I don't know. Some people call it just North Texas. Was, do you think this was the... Uh, game of the week in the state i know it was at least in north texas right i think it was i think everybody was and of course we're talking cooper versus Honeygrove. uh everybody was wondering would cooper be able to score on that defense that had only given up three points they were but there's a caveat uh honey grove had a few uh, special teams mistakes that gave cooper short field so mm -hmm. that did help the bulldogs but i still contend that this game shows that while honey grove is better than they were last year there's still a touchdown down from Cooper, at least at this point. Yeah, Cooper 34, Honey Grove 21. Uh, Cooper's uh, Cannon Ingram quarterback threw for 90 yards and ran for 183. Markel Smith ran, uh, had two rushing touchdowns. But it was that Cooper defense really only allowed Honey Grove's Deion Moore 68 yards rushing. 50 of that was on one play. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things we kept talking about the Honey Grove, the Honey Grove defense, the Honey Grove defense, and, and we weren't really talking about that Bulldog defense, and, mm -hmm. and they came to play in this game. And, and for me – Because Cooper has – on their schedule, they have played Collinsville, 
very potent offensive attack, and then uh, hooks, which is very potent up in 3A. So that's not an easy road to hoe for this Cooper defense. Yep. They slayed one dragon and lost to Hooks, but it was very respectable against Hooks. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that gets lost when you're just looking at numbers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you get you kind of forget, and it's kind of going back to what we talked about with Honeygrove, who you play matters. Yeah, Honeygrove was putting up a lot of great stats, and, and I'm not saying they're going to have to go across the, the, the state to find uh, competition, but I do think if they're wanting to be one of the better programs in the region and in the state, they need to up their non-district game a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, but what do you do? Well, I mean, right? Cooper was able to get Collinsville. I mean, it's, yeah. it, like I said, you don't have to go find a Refere. Go find a Munster. Go find a Collinsville. Mm-hmm. Go find a Celeste. Celeste is a very athletic team that's going to test Step up in classification. Step up in classifications. Play a, a hook. Mid-tier or got even a top echelon. That's or, right. Yeah, like like Cooper did. Play a Jefferson. I mean, there's a tons. Play a Commerce. I mean, you know, there's tons of teams you can I play. I, you know, I don't think this game was decided by uh, one team played a tougher schedule, though. I think. No, just, you know, I think just, it helps though. It might help a little bit, but I think uh, you are who you are, right? Yeah, that's and a good I, point. Yeah, you know, Cooper just came in, they ran the ball and played tough defense, and that's probably the nuts and bolts of it. You know who wasn't playing tough defense? Who's that? Groover and Sunray. But man, oh what a heck of a game that was! Sunray goes in at half, up thirty-four to eight. Right. Game's over, right? Hey, turn it off if you're watching mm-hmm. it. Let's focus on other things. Oh, Groover said, hey, wait, not so fast. As they score 42 points to beat Sunray, 42 to 41. They scored like 27 unanswered points, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. To, to get uh, back into it, I think. I was trying to find the stat. I think, yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think because Sunray did score one touchdown to, to then retake the lead, and then Groover came back again. Mm-hmm. And, and then the two-point play, good gutsy call on the two-point conversion. Um, but hey, you do that on the, you know, you do that sometimes when you feel like you, 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 A, you feel like you've got momentum and also B, you go, I don't know if I really want to take this into overtime. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're kind of spent. You're, yeah. You look at your dudes and they're just, uh, you know, they're, they're right on the verge. Yeah. Sometimes you want to just, uh, get it over with just do or die right here and I, I you know i commend the coaching staff for making that call too because that is not an easy call well and sometimes the act of coming back just wears your your guys oh, down and yeah. you've got the other team on their back heels i mean yeah. and it, you know you and i have talked about this many times when it comes to games like this I, what as far as when we're evaluating it's like what do you take more important do you take the second half that groover dominated mm-hmm. or the first half that sunray dominated i'm taking them both and still feel like both of these teams are region threats but for sunray you've got to see how long is this going to sting and for groover are you going to let this become a win hangover because how many times have we seen that right big comeback big win against a ranked team or a district rival and then the next week you just kind of come out flat exactly all right how about Granger 17, Chilton 14, Granger's quarterback Chase Edwards 11 to 23 for 188 yards passing and ran for 204 yards on 28 keepers. Yeah, you know, it felt like we kept talking about Chilton all year. And I know we talked about them against Hearn and on Granger, I think was the last, first time last, was last year, week when we kind of, you know, talked about this game. And here they get the big win. You know, their only two losses are to Holland and to Bremont. Uh, this the whole district now you've got Bremont at two and one, Chilton at two and one, Granger at two and one. We have what we love, and and that's chaos at, at the very end. You've also got Iola at two and one. Uh, so you've got four teams that are coming into the last two weeks of the season, and they all feel that they have a chance to win district. Now for Iola, they're going to get to prove it because 
They they lost to Granger, but they've got Chilton and Bremont next. I think we're going to talk about that in the next segment. They got Bremont and Chilton over the next two weeks. Uh, but for uh, Granger, huge, huge win for them. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I think I kind of felt like uh, Chilton might take this game going into Yeah, I think we week, both right? picked it. I think yeah. we both picked it. Yeah, so huge win for Granger. All right, a uh, couple of quick hitters real quick. Beckville, 68, Frankston, 28. Any thoughts on that one? Uh, Just kind of Beckville being Beckville. Right? Yeah, and we're going to talk about Beckville. They actually have a pretty salty Harlton team they're playing this week. I think it's interesting, but, you know, we've said it before, and I'll say it again. For all the talk about last year and how they responded to that Timpson loss, they didn't respond really well, a lot of people felt. That's why mm-hmm. they got upset and all that. To me, this year... I've been so impressed with how Beckville's responded because yeah. they haven't just went out and won. They have absolutely went out and dominated. I'm Rottled talking to everybody. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're talking scoring. They put seven, up 92 a couple of weeks 92 ago. against Hawkins. They've scored 68 against Franklin. They scored 72 about three Frank weeks ago. French stunt, excuse me. Uh, they scored 70. Franklin. Franklin. Wow. wow. <laughs> Man, they're salty. <laughs> well, that's why they lost to Lorena. They had to play two teams at once. Uh, but uh, And then also 72 a couple weeks ago. I, I don't know what that means as far as this region. I still think they're just a bad matchup nightmare against Timpson. But moving J- Williams over to quarterback and kind of running him more of that wildcat, but he still throws, to me, has completely changed what Beckville's doing. Yeah, Albany 44, Roscoe 7. Roscoe entered this game with only what, what? Two losses, I think. Yeah, we had that as one of our games last week. And we said we thought Albany would win comfortably. I didn't really think they'd win that comfortably. I thought they'd win by a couple touchdowns, but to just absolutely dominate. I mean, it's, it's Albany. What else can you yeah. say? Yeah. Uh, Referio, 26, Shiner, 7. A little bit closer than I thought. I thought, I, I believe you thought it would be about yeah. like this. And uh, so kudos to you for picking that one. Referio's, uh, uh, Kalen Keelan Brown, 12 to 17 for 211 yards, passing two touchdowns. Ernest Campbell, four catches for 63 yards. Again, they, they use him where they need him now, and then they unleash him and mm-hmm. come uh, playoffs. I'm going to say this about Shiner. You do not want to play them in the playoffs. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to make a region run, but I'm saying if you're the first or second place team and you're going, hey, we're getting a third place team. Oh, crap. It's Shiner. Because look look at their losses, right? Exactly. Hallettsville, Industrial, uh, East Bernard, and then Referio. And and I will say this. I legitimately only thought it was going to stay close because there's that Shiner pride and it is a rivalry. And that's literally from everybody said. They said at times it felt like Referio should have taken control of the game. Shiner would make a play. You know, what mm-hmm. happens in a rivalry game? But still, I'm just saying I would not want to play that Shiner team here in the playoffs. All right, Timpson 69, Joaquin 0. Joaquin came in with only, what, one or two losses, I believe. Well, now they've been struggling on the year, but they've been all they've been all close. This game was more of a just a reminder. We do this in four A with Carthage. This is just a well, reminder. What of, did what was Joaquin's record, or what is it now? Uh, First, Joaquin is now one and seven. Oh, one. Why did I think? I don't because know. we were used to last year, and they were I, supposed I guess to, so. But yeah. but again, you, you go and look at who they've lost to. They lost to Arp. They lost to Beckville. They lost to Shelbyville. To Garrison and uh, to San Augustine by one point two weeks ago, and that kind of felt like that was their. They're Alamo, uh-huh. and that's why I was curious about this game because I, I was curious to see what Joaquin would do in this one, and, and I think it's safe to say that, that their nice little run they've had the last few years, at least right now, is over. And, and again, they're really young this year. I think they yeah. returned three on defense, three on offense, uh, but still, for the Rams, I, I kind of thought I'd see a little bit more fight. All right, uh, that's going to do it for last week. How about this week? 
Let's Big go games. Ahead. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with the Beckville. You've got Beckville versus Harleton. Again, mm-hmm. we've talked about what Beckville's done all year. We haven't really – I don't think we've talked Harleton at all. Uh, the Wildcats on the year, they're 4-0. They're 7-1 and overall. 4-0 in district, I should say. Uh, when looking at who – their only loss at the year at the beginning of the year was Price Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, they beat Rivercrest, White Oak, Maud, Frankston, Union Grove, Big Sandy. Big Sandy they scored 72 in that game. Uh, and then 35 against Hawkins. I'm not going to say that – that this team is going to to beat Beckville, but I think Kyle Little's squad can give them a little bit of trouble defensively at times. That, Last that year, defensive front needs to play very well, though. Oh it's yeah, the Williams kid. The, the, right? They've got to. I mean, I don't even know if it's just the Williams kid. You start with him with Beckville, and they go three deep. It feels like. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like. If we get to see Beckville in person this year in the playoffs, I'm going to think you and I are going to look and go, is this the same team we saw in the first week? Well, they didn't look bad against Timpson. No, that's, that's a thing. good point. I, I, I think th- uh, things just kind of rolled downhill on them really quick. You know, Timpson got out to a quick start with J.J. Garner. I think they had something to prove, Timpson did, uh, with Bussy being out, and they just threw the wet blanket all over Beckville. And Beckville just – by the by, the time they woke up, they just could not respond. You know, you bring up a really good point there. I, I think going in on the outside, it looked like, oh, Beckville needs to prove themselves. This is Timpson. But Timpson got tired of hearing, of, and not that they don't like Bussy, of course, but as a team, they got too, tired of hearing it's Bussy and the Dwarves. It's and not. It's not. I mean, J.J. Garner, I'm going to tell you right now, that dude transitions next year as the starting quarterback, and I've already got them as, as region favorites again because he is – and he might he, he offers different things that Bussy does at quarterback. And I'm not saying one is better. I think Bussy's a better overall, but I don't think JJ Garner's too far behind. Now for and you gotta remember Vosky Howard too. Does he not seem like he gets kind of lost in a good way for Timpson? He's that oh, type yeah. of guy. We talked about it before. He'll probably end up with eight, nine hundred yards receiving and then go through the playoffs and have almost a thousand in the playoffs alone because they will force feed him the ball when he gets those one on one matchups. Yep. Uh, now for in this game, I still like Beckville, but I, I just think if, if Beckville is starting to kind of peek ahead and starting to look at, you know, the region r- matchups and where will they see Timpson and all that, I, I think that they could get snake, but I still have them win. Winning, but it's not easy to go down into Harleton, Texas, and, and win a game right now. I still got Beckville by seven to fourteen points. Oh yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I, I'd even say maybe fourteen uh, to twenty-one. 20, okay. Uh, let's go over into uh, Central North Texas. Uh, we have a show called the Munster Football Show where each and every week I talk to Brady Carney of the Hornets, and they've got their district championship this week as they're going to take on Collinsville. And I know Celeste is still there too, but I still think the winner of Collinsville Munster is going to be your district champ. But, man, Collinsville's a different different beast this year. Their one loss on the year was to Cooper, a game that they got down early, almost were able to make the comeback. Cooper ran the clock out on them. Uh, I don't know, for all the talk about all the players, I don't know if there's a better quarterback in this division than Logan Jenkins. Yeah, almost 2,900 yards passing so far this year. He's got three really good receivers in Colin Barnes, Rylan Newman, and Landon uh, Carpenter. And that's not even talking about Carter Scott, who has not played. Mm-hmm. And he's. it feels like in 2A, maybe this is how it's always been. Again, this is the first year we've been completely eyes in on 2A. It feels like there's five or six players across the state that may play or may not play the re- at all this year. Carter Scott's one of them. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't play, Collinsville's going to be really good. If he does play, that could be the difference in them finally breaking through in this region. Yeah, well, I yeah, they they might break through without him, you know. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. That they still could. And, and yeah. Munster, you know, last year 
they came in with a ton of seniors. They, you know, they were 12 and one two years ago. What was it four years ago? They won state. Uh, they really felt that they were going to be back at that level last year. And then they just got hit hard with injuries. Remember Colton Deckert, the stud, he was out mm-hmm. for half the season. And, and Coach Carney's admitted that there might have been some not caring about much as winning. And sometimes it happens with a senior locker room. This year, they're young. Uh, they got a, a, a Voth kid that's back, Dawson Voth, Seth Stoffels, all are good players in their own. All have had brothers that have played for this program. Uh, and they've got a young quarterback in Casey Carney. Uh, I, I like Munster, and I think Munster could be a dark horse in this region, depending on their draw. I just don't like them in this game because when you're a team with Logan Jenkins and that passing offense, you feast on young secondaries. Oh, and yeah. Munster's a young secondary. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to say Collinsville uh, names their score, it but could. it's pretty close. It, right? it, and I, and I, I really do appreciate Coach Carney because he's one of those honest ones. At the beginning of the year, he's like, "It's Collinsville and everybody else," <laughs> and 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 they've kept that going. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that area, what about Seymour? Seymour and Winthorpe. Yeah, Seymour seven and one. Winthorpe six and two. Uh, Seymour's uh, all-everything quarterback, Braden Lloyd, 2,585 yards passing so far. Uh, but, you know, Winthorst has a really good quarterback in uh, Brock Belcher, a true threat quarterback. This is going to be an interesting game. You know, Winthorst the last couple of years, they've kind of been exactly like Munster. Good, but not where they were a few years ago when they were playing 14, 15 games. This year, they've played what I'd call two really good teams. Well, three if you want to count Henrietta. And Henrietta's solid. They beat Henrietta. They lost to Munster 16-6. to They lost to Bremont 35-13. to That tells me that offense has struggled against good defenses. And Seymour, I think, has got a pretty solid defense. Yeah, I, I do too. You know, I mean, you don't get to 7-1 and one being a porous defense, yeah, right? Yeah, and on the year, the only time that they've given up more than 30 points was to Albany. Their one loss, and again, that's Albany. What are you going to do about that? Right. Um, just to give a little comparison, and we don't do this for things, but uh, – on the year, they are, they're averaging 45 points, and Winthorpe is averaging 32. I, I like Seymour in this game by a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Seymour wins this football game, but I do think it is close. And, it, uh, you know, hey, the Trojans could pull it out. But, uh, yeah, give me C- uh, Seymour if we're betting on this, right? All right, yep. Are we betting? Yeah, what do you want to bet? Um, steak dinner in Logansport, Louisiana. <laughs> on bread. With bread on top, right? No, on, well, on, on bread. bread. Oh, I thought you said on bread. You want bread on your well, steak. I there's bread. Yeah, on they top put of bread on steak. top of the steak. It's really okay. cool, and it's like by the time it gets to you, it's all soaked up. So the bread's like a sponge, you know. Has all the blood in it. Yeah, it just gives you direct. Thirty you know, seconds on each side for the steak. Mm-hmm. Let the bread. Oh, okay. I I, and then, that. and then you know that basically what it that ensures is that the gravy goes right to your heart and hardens immediately. Mm. So you're gonna die happy. You're gonna die instantly, but you're gonna die happy. Yeah, I'll <laughs> let you have the keys to the truck just in case. <laughs> okay, where you want to go now? Uh, how about Stanford and Holly? This ought to be a darn good game. Stanford uh, uh, enters the game seven and zero. Oh, Holly six and two. Uh, Holly has played. Uh, Albany, right? Yeah. So, you know, that that's a pretty tough schedule there. Uh, but uh, Stanford has their quarterback, Christian Duran, um, who threw for like 202 yards last week against Anson, two really good receivers in Quentin Pryor and Drew Falks. Uh, Holly, of course, Landon Sakura, running back, linebacker, great linebacker. Oh, yeah. Way. Keegan Abels at uh, quarterback. And they got another Abels kid. That they have a junior as one of them is a junior, the other one's a freshman, and, mm-hmm. and by all accounts, 
you know, both of them are really good. So, man, Holly just seems to keep reloading that that quarterback yeah. position. Yeah. I, so who do you like in this one? I like Holly. I, I think yeah, their offensive diversity, man, when you go and look at what they've done on the year, that uh, they've got one wide receiver in Deontay Ramon, who's their big game breaker. He's got like 800 yards, but they also have Myers with 500 yards. The freshman Abel's with 235. They've got at least seven receivers having 80 yards or more. That's just spreading it when out. When you can spread that out, and you and I always talk about we're in an age where it's not about your strengths on defense. It's about the offenses finding your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And if you got that many wide receivers, I don't care if you're at 2A up to 5A. 6A, you might can have a, a, a good enough secondary that you can go, hey, we can man up six guys and we're good. Right. Anything below, that becomes an issue. And the thing is, is when you think you're going to get Abel's, you know, bringing down with pressure, he doesn't really run for tons of yards, but he, he, I was watching some film. He does a great job of stepping up into the pocket when needing to, bailing out and, and finding his targets. I like Stamford this year, but I like the Bearcats in this game. Yeah, same here. All right, Mart and Dawson. Mart undefeated. Dawson's seven and one uh mark's gonna come at you with jd bell uh a lot of jd bell at running back but uh demontrell medlock at uh, quarterback and uh, d'angelo Rhodes at receiver that's just a a a potent mark offense their defense is really good um you know i i think it comes down to dawson's offense with colby springer and at running back and the uh two receivers allen and easley you know, how are they going to do against that uh, quick mark defense, right? You said it best. There are certain games that when you want to talk about a team like Mark, which we really haven't got a lot to, you, because a lot of it's just who they've played and mm-hmm. where they're at, you, you find a game like this and this looks really good. Remember, two years ago, Dawson uh, had to forfeit this game. And then last yeah. year, I don't think they played this game. I, I think it speaks to exactly what, what Mark's going to do. And you and I were talking about this on one of the road trips. The fact that Martin Mart is two number two in the state, yet nobody's talking about them to me bodes well for them. Yeah, because I think yeah. what part of the thing that's happened over the last few years as they've quote unquote struggled, you know, losing in a state championship, losing in a region <laughs> final, that's so tough. But I think part of it is is you, there's just so much noise. We'll talk about in the three A game, three A show with Franklin finally losing that winning streak. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's the best thing that can happen for a program. Oh yeah. yeah. So sometimes when, there's worse things than a loss. Exactly. And I think Kevin Hoffman in this squad this year, I think they've been feeding on that, hey, nobody's talking about us. Everybody's talking about everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I think Mart names their score in this one. Yeah, I, I think they could. All right. Shelbyville and Timpson, uh, just real quick on this one. I, I like Timpson, but DJ Barnes, quarterback for Shelbyville, can make things interesting, but I just don't think they have the horses to match up with Timpson. Yeah, part of this is over the last few years, there's been somebody in district that has at least kind of given mm-hmm. uh, Timpson a game. I, I still think it'll be Garrison next it, week. It's going to be Garrison. But just going on the road to Shelbyville, looking ahead, you've got Garrison. That's the big matchup between two state-ranked teams. You've got the playoffs. You've got can you finally finish? This could be a game where Timpson walks in and, and might be looking ahead. But I say that's where you get a player like Terry Bussey that can yeah. gather the troops and be like, all right, we got to focus on this one if they get down. I like yeah. I like Timpson by a lot. All right, two quick hitters. Sterling City, six and two at Wink, eight and one. Give me Wink. Feels like we've been talking about Wink a lot this year. Yeah. I mean, not in a bad way at all. Uh the Eagles of Sterling City, they're six and two. They're only losses were to Roscoe, really good loss, 27 to 14. And then last week they lost to El Dorado 24 to nothing. 
if anybody was there, was there injuries? Was there something we don't know about? That just, I don't know. That came out of nowhere. Not that El Dorado's bad, but El Dorado's two and two. You got to call them El Dorado. El Dorado, excuse me. Yeah. El Dorado's two and two. They lost to Wink, they, and they lost pretty bad, 49 to, to 14. They lost to Sonora, 39 13. So they have, they have quality losses, but not by quality scores. Right. I, I like Wink in this one by a lot. Yeah, I do too. All right. Iola and Chilton. Iola, six and two. Chilton, seven and one. Chilton coming off that uh, loss to Granger last week. Uh, give me Chilton on the rebound on this one. Yeah, I, I, I like Iola this year uh, as far as what they've done. And, and, you know, the last four years have just been a slog. Four and four in that that odd COVID year. Two and seven, two and eight. This year they've responded with a six and two year. Two and one. They control their playoff destiny, but they've got Chilton and Bremont in the last two games as we that talked about. Tough, now, man. the great thing is, is they've beat everybody ahead of, behind them, and that's always the most important thing. Sure. If you're the fourth-place team, just make sure you beat everybody it's below. getting into the tournament, yes, right? Yes, getting into the tournament, especially when you haven't been in a while, then a lot of times that's your goal, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And saying all that, I think Chilton's really mad after that, and, and I think that they're able to not name their score, but possibly name their score. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I believe that's it. All right. Well, that's a fast 2A show. Now, don't worry. In a couple of weeks when the playoffs start, we completely change how we do this. We pick every playoff game. For the rest of the playoffs, we start in the, you know, the first week, first two weeks are pretty long shows, but we'll pick every game. We won't really do a ton of reviews. It's mainly just quick previews, pick the game and move on. Uh, next week, probably be another show like this, 20, 25 minutes as we're just kind of wrapping up who are making the playoffs, who might win district and all that fun stuff. If you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, email them to us, Grant and Terry at, at S2Sport.com. Find us on Facebook, Sideline to Sideline, on Twitter, at Grant and Terry. And until next time, he's Grant, I'm Terry. This has been Sideline to Sideline, the 2A edition, brought to you by SI Design and Printing. Hey, I mean, that was a good point.